0: If you went to our place today, I'm not inviting you all, by the way, but, you know, um, <laughs> go home and end up with 50 people. Um, don't laugh or I'll invite them to your place, Mrs <laughs> Cleesey. No. Um, you would. Our dining room table is covered in photos. Um, we're just trying to clean the mess up a bit of photos, but um, as it goes with photos, it causes you, when you sit down, you start looking and you just start thinking about it and you're reminiscing. It can be really great and can be not so great. But it's usually really great. Um, and yesterday, um, two of our daughters were um, at home and they were sitting down. And it's j- I just really love listening and watching them when they just start going through photos because they just, they just start telling stories and, oh, I remember this, I remember that. And it just does my heart good, you know, because it's always... They don't usually say, oh, wasn't, wasn't that a terrible memory or isn't that so bad? They, they always talk about the good stuff, you know, and then you realise, you know, we've, you've had this great life with your children and your family and it's just, it's good. It makes you feel good, you know. And, um, but it just shows you that, um, you know, you've had a journey through life. And so out of that we have some new photos on our refrigerator as you do So when you look at them, so these are some of the things that I've realized. I realized that my youngest daughter was incredibly cute when she was a baby. She still is incredibly cute. Um, I realized that um, our good friends, Steve and Jude Turley, were once young and frivolous, and I've realized that I didn't always have gray hair. It was once darker. And I haven't always had a, a go to either. So it's good. It's really good. I, I really enjoy it. And one day we'll get to clean it all up, maybe. So I want to ask you this morning a number of questions as we go through. But I want you to think about a time when you felt God talking to you about doing something that made you feel excited. Just give us a nod if that's you. It should be you. I'm sure he's talking about doing something so but along with that, when you feel like that's happened to you, there's always, for me anyway, and I, I think it would be for you too, there's always a sense of, of feeling very uncomfortable and also fearful about maybe what he's asking you to do. You, you can nod your head again if you want. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So in our culture, our culture especially in Western culture, they, it, it tells you all the time everywhere, on every bit of media and people you talk to mostly, They'll tell you that your life is about you. It just tells you that our culture just pushes that to you—that your life is about you. You're the most important. You're got to work that out, and especially if you're—if you are, well, they do it on a few fronts. But if you're between the ages of 20 and 40, that's particularly really relevant because you're just in the middle of it all happening. Um, you're maybe you got married, maybe you're saving money for a house you got small children. The life is just hectic. And so it's, you need this, you need that. This will make your life better. That will make your life better. It's just at you all the time. But when you're, when you're a Christian and you're following God, the opposite is actually true. What our life needs to be about or should be about is that it was created to be all about him and what he wants. So who gets a sense of that, that there's just a lot of stuff about you and how it is for you? I had the privilege of going to that Acts 29 conference, a church conference with, with um, Pete and Angie and Matt and Chloe um, not long ago. And there was one thing that I got really, really excited about there was that there was a bunch of young men and young women and they were mostly young, under 40, that's young, um, and um, they were so excited about the culture of God they were so excited about planting churches and being about what God wants and I feel like that during that time that God just flicked a little I don't know something that was off in my life he just flicked it back on and he said and it was like he said see this, this is what I'm about this is, this is what I want this is my deepest desire for my people that they would be excited for me and about doing my business. And and they were so excited. So they were all, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them are in that bracket where life is just life is just full on. They're young families, they 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 could be about having great careers, but they decided that they weren't gonna do that. That they were gonna push back on their culture and they were gonna say, no, no, we're not gonna be about that. Now yeah, they might be in the process of Buying, I don't know what they're doing, but they're pushing back, saying that we are excited about doing God's stuff, and we're going to go out and we're going to plant churches, and we're excited about that, and we're excited about spreading the gospel, the good news of Christ, because that's what we've been called to do. That's what God calls us to do, not not to be comfortable. But our world wants us to be comfortable, which of which we never are when we follow their plan, because their plan doesn't make us comfortable. If you've got your Bible, I hope you have, turn it to Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read a little bit about Abram, just the start of his story. Verse 1 The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was seven. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took all... He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people, they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. So Abraham was called. He was called of God to do something. I believe that all of us here today are called. We're called of God. And we'll unfold that as we go on. We're called. I think it says something about Abraham's relationship with God because... There's not a lot of backstory here about what's going on in Abram's world or how his conversation with God. It just says that God called and Abram responded. Just responded. I think it says something about him that he hears and that he responds. I've got a couple more questions for you. Do, do you hear him? Do you hear God? Do you hear him? Next question is, do do you want to hear him? Sometimes we don't want to hear him. Third question is, what is the biggest noise in your head? We live in a really noisy world. It's just things coming at us all the time. And there's only room in our head for so much. So what's the biggest noise... Today, what's the biggest noise in your head? What's occupying your thoughts? In the morning, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up? It gives you a clear indication of what you're, what's most occupying your mind. If we are to hear his voice in a noisy, noisy world, then we would need to know him. We would need to know him. But to know him means that our lives are occupied less by us and more of him. We are motivated less by our own agenda and we're motivated more by his agenda. So it's like we need to be in relationship with, deep connection with. The better we're connected to him, the better we're going to hear God's called us but sometimes we don't hear his voice because it's overshadowed by us. It's overshadowed by our world not by his. So when I read that scripture that God said to Abraham leave your country and there was promises that went with that but Abraham Abraham responded because he actually heard what God was saying so he's called us secondly when does he call us well usually at a time that's not convenient for us because no time is really convenient because our lives are full so it doesn't come at a time when everything is perfect or running according to our plan do you have a plan I have a plan I have a plan not always God's plan, but I have a plan. Oh, I know how I want life to go. To follow God means that we'll always, always be stepping into what's unknown. You've found that? God wants you to do something. It's always something that you don't know about. It's always unknown to you. It always takes, it always involves risk. It always involves challenge. To follow God means that we will always be stepping into the unknown. It will always interrupt our plan and our agenda. And we always have them. We always have them. Just turn your Bibles to Isaiah 55. We've only got a couple of scriptures to read, so it would be great if, you could, if we could have a look together. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, maybe beyond, but 8 and 9. always interrupts our plan and our agenda verse 8 reads for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts that's why it always interrupts our plan because he doesn't think on his thoughts are not ours he doesn't think on our level thankfully thankfully Otherwise the world would be a messy place, wouldn't it? That's, it. That's why it interrupts us because we think on our level. We think what will work for us. I just want to involve a little bit, like just a little bit of our story. Um, in, in 1990 we, we were involved in the church. I'll just give you a little picture of... I talked a bit about Susan when she was here but I can talk as much as I want now because she's not... Just don't tell her. Um, Susan, I'm a very methodical, I'd like to know type person. I I like to have life, I like it to be safe. I wanted to just have a regular job, buy a regular house, (laughs) have very regular disciplined children and that would have been, I thought that would have been good, you know. I thought... Susan hates regular, is all about ad- adventure, just is all about life being one big adventure um, and just likes to live, not so much now because she's a bit older, but when we were young she just liked to live flying by the seat of a pants. really. Whatever, whatever was going, she was a part of that. And so you can imagine that there was never any conflict in our house. <laughs> this is the most peaceful place you'd ever want to be. It's just so opposite. We had so, so much conflict. So much conflict. So, we were involved in this church that um, sent people out to different towns and cities and um, while we were away once, the senior minister had a meeting with lots of people our age in our church. So we were in our um, mid to late 20s, um, which was a long time ago. Um, and so when we got back, when they did stuff like that, those days they used to tape it onto cassette records. Who knows what a cassette is? You are older than you think. See, How do you know what a cassette is, Chris Greeson? It's an impossibility. <laughs> um, so we got that and listened to it. And um, so you, from what I've just said, you could guess what um, Sue's response was and then you could guess what mine. Sue's response was, when are we going? And my response was, well, we're not. We're not. Anyway, as it all turned out, I have this I want it to be comfortable, but in the midst of all that I really want to, I really want to follow what God's saying, what he's doing. So I took some time out and, and spent some time in conversation with God and really come to the point where he, he, did, want, he did want us to go. And so we entered into a a whole training program for that, what that entailed, and and um, I just want to tell you that um, there was only one place in the whole of Australia that we didn't want to go, and it was Townsville, um, because my brother was there, and there was just some religious differences between him and the rest of the family in those days. Not they weren't bad, but we just didn't, we just we just felt uncomfortable about that because I felt like that. I wouldn't be doing something separate from what he was doing in it. Anyway, when we got together and found out where we were all going, you can guess where we were going? Yep, yep that's right. We were going to Townsville, um, and we did, and it was amazing. It was it was absolutely amazing. Um, in all of that, the the church that we were involved in had a big a big upheaval, and um, in through all that, we just reconnected with my brother and got involved in his church and. Led worship there, and God just connected us with some amazing people, and it was just an amazing journey. And God, God caused called us to grow, but um, it, it interrupted my life. I had to resign from my work, and um, uh, we left everything that we knew from Tom. We had good, all, a lot of family here. We had um, good connections, good good friends. Just left them all, and had to and, and went. We didn't have to, but we did because. We want to follow what what God was doing in our world and in our lives. So he he doesn't call us when it's comfortable for us, but he calls us for our own good. Now, I'm not saying God's going to call you to pack your bags and go somewhere. He might, because we're we're planning a church. So are you ready? You ready? Pete's ready. Good man. God, God God is about calling us. He's about calling us out of our own comfort. And calling us up because he wants wants to impact us with the gospel and he wants to impact others. Why does he call us? Well, that's why. Because he wants to impact us. If you get comfortable, you don't get impacted by the gospel because you're comfortable. The gospel makes us uncomfortable. And so he wants to impact us with the gospel and he wants to impact others. And if you're comfortable, you're not going to be impacting anyone with the gospel. So he wants us to be dependent upon him. That's why he calls us. That's why it comes at inconvenient times. Because if it, if it all worked the way that we wanted, then it would be, it'd be fine. We'd be comfortable. It'd be okay. But, but that's not what God does. Because when we're comfortable, we're just unusable. And he's got things for us to do. So he wants us to be dependent upon him. He wants us to grow and to change and become truly human, which is the missing statement of our church. He wants us to become truly human. When we are truly human, we, we model him in every way. So that's the journey we're on, to be truly human. And sometimes he, he, he wants to make us uncomfortable so that we continue that, that journey. After we had been in, in Townsville for seven years... My brother offered me a job at being a senior minister or a pastor at um, an Assemblies of God church just south of Mackay and Serena, Um, and um, you you can probably guess what my response to that was. My immediate response was, "I'm not going," because why? Because we were comfortable in what we were doing. You know, we knew, we led worship, we we did a a a reasonable job of that, we had good friends, just (laughs) all the same processes as before, you know, but then after spending time with God, I really felt that God was calling us to do that and, uh, you know, and my idea of just in doing that just just erupted my concepts of everything about what church was, you know, I went there zealously thinking that we were going to grow a great church and was going to be ultra successful and all these things and it was none of those it was just disappointing sometimes but it was it was a time when i grew amazingly god just brings people across your path that just help you help mirror him to you and, and just god just changed the way that i lived the way that i saw him and it, w- it was an amazing journey but if i didn't if I didn't listen and respond, then I would have missed out. Was it difficult? Yeah, it was hard. But was it worth all? Yes, it was. And when I sit at my table and look at photos, it brings memories like that back. And then I start thinking about, was that, you know, was that really worthwhile? And yes, it was. It was. Because I'll tell you how faithful he is. He joins you to people every place that you go. Like Matt and Cinder sitting there, he joined us to them. And they've been great friends to us. Like he just joins you with people. He's so faithful. You think that you're leaving stuff behind. But he is so faithful. He is so faithful. He wants to impact us with the gospel. And sometimes he has to unsettle. Now I'm not saying we, I think I said this before. We're not, not everyone's going to move around the country. It's not, that's not what, but he has to unsettle us. He has to unsettle us. So where are you putting yourself where you can be impacted by the gospel? He wants to impact us but he wants to also impact others with the gospel. He wants to reach the broken, the messy and the hurting. Put your hand up if you're in one of those categories. Yeah, we all are. We're broken, we're messy and we're hurting. And he wants to impact. And he wants to use you even though you're broken, messy and hurting to impact others for him. Because that's what he does. He uses broken people to Help broken people. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> no? <laughs> He's hey, good news. I I just I feel like I have in all of my journey I just have been so blessed with being able to be a part of people's lives to see God impact them and change them. It's just been amazing. The most recent being, we have sat over in that block there, as part of Pete's um, study project. Um, he's written the whole course on value, and we've just be, I've been had the pleasure of um, just leading one of the groups in that. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to watch God interact with. I I go in. I always go in thinking I'm I'm less able to do it just less he keeps telling me, just do it anyway, and sometimes I want to hit him, but i don 't, but I always feel less, but God does so much more because God it's not a <laughs> it has nothing to do with me I'm just here to hopefully point people to him, and he just interacts and i 'm telling you my life becomes richer because God joins people if you want to if you want to if you want the benefits of good community, this, I didn't say this in the first sentence, but if you want the benefits of good community in this church, there's so many avenues for that. You, you can be part of a community where you get good community. If you want to get, if you get intimate community, you just do redemption. just connects you with people in a deep way. I, I've got to know people in this church just by doing that so deeply, and appreciated them, and just for what God is doing in their life. Just in this last, just doing that, I've got to know um, eight guys. Just how I wouldn't have known them. And it's just, it's just a privilege. It's a privilege to be on, 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 on and involved in God's call for my life. And He wants us to be on and involved. He wants to impact others with the gospel. I think church is such a great place to engage in the call of God in our lives. It's such a great place. I've tried probably a couple of times to be a lone ranger and it just does not work. It doesn't work because we're not created to be lone rangers. We're created to be part of a body, to be part of his church. And there's so many opportunities here for us to be impacted and to be a part of impacting others for the gospel. It just is. It just is. And I... I just get so excited. And now, like the the last one, is last week when, pre- when Pete talked about planning churches, that is just so exciting because that's going to affect everybody. It doesn't just affect those who go. It affects us if we stay. I don't know if I'm staying. But it just does because it impacts. And what's it do? It tips our little world upside down a bit. It ruffles all our feathers. So that makes it exciting because... God's doing it and God's calling us. and So I get really excited about that. Where are we doing that? What has God called you? How has he called you? And I'm so excited to see when he does. Or what's that process? Or be excited with you in that process. It's just great. What does he want me to do? I'll tell you what he wants you to do. He wants you to say yes. Yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever that that yes entails. Whatever that entails. But yes, I'll do it. I'll do it because, because you're telling me. Abram, God talked about blessing him and all that and the promises and then the next very, the very next verse says Abraham left. Abram left 75 years old and he packed up everything he owned I, I, I would imagine that would be an substantial amount of people, things and left because he trusted God because he trusted God and he went to a, a place that he did not know. Now a place mo- that you don't know might not be physical. might just be somewhere he wants you to connect right here in the project or something that he wants you to do. And I would encourage that. But he wants you to say yes. Because sometimes in life, when I think about my life and my present circumstance, sometimes I... I can get a little bit depressed about it. But when there's a whole heap of photos on the table and I look and I start thinking about the journey, I go, wow, wow, look how good you've been. Look at the miracles that you have performed in my world. We've never gone without food on our table. I don't think I've ever had any longer than maybe six weeks or two months without a job. Um, We've got friends all over the place that we've been connected to. Um, it's just been amazing. Amazing. And I don't think that I listen that well sometimes. I think sometimes I go, when God calls, I go, oh, not now, busy, got something to do, trying to busy to make my life work, so I'm not, I'm not really listening. So he wants us to say yes, yes to him, because he's got good things. They might look hard and they might be hard, but they are good, why? Because he's good. So we want to say yes to the Good Shepherd. I want to read to you and I'd like you to stand, if you don't mind. Could you be upper standing? I wanna read you something that, that Pete wrote for for the course that we are we doing, or we've just finished, or finishing today. You're saying yes to a good shepherd when you do that. I really want you to consider that. What is God wanting you to say yes to today? What's he wanting you to say yes to? And this is who you're saying yes to. I want you to really listen. Close your eyes if you want, if it helps you. You're saying yes to a shepherd who knows you by name. He knows you by name. A shepherd who understands you better than you understand yourself. A shepherd who loves you and a shepherd who who is always with you. He is the one who can always see in the dark. He knows the end from the beginning. He laid his life down for you and he is an expert in leading people through dangerous places. So when you lose it, you have a good shepherd who never loses it. When you feel tired, you have a good shepherd who never sleeps. When you feel restless, you have a good shepherd who is peace. When you feel confused, you have a good shepherd who can tell the end from the beginning. When you feel proud, you have a good shepherd who laid down his life for you. When you feel alone, you have a good shepherd who will never leave you. You don't always need to know why you do what you do, God knows and you can trust him. You don't need to know the way out. He already does. When you get lost, turn to him. Cry out to him because he is the good shepherd and he will help you.